0: Good morning, Future Alex. It is day 17 and it's March the 25th today. Today I want to talk about three different approaches I take between the product that I just launched and the product I launched a year ago. First big difference is in types of support and sales. For the new product, I want to talk to each and every possible client, user lead that I can. I'm still trying to reach product market fit and any phone call, Skype call that I can get, I will take. This is important. I need to figure out who my customers are, what they need, what their jobs to be done are. But as time goes on, this becomes not scalable. So for the older product, I don't do phone calls, phone sales anymore. And I simply answer that I don't have the resources to do phone calls at the moment, but I'll be happy to answer any questions they have in writing. And then I'll take those questions and either add them, for example, to a specific page, to a frequently asked questions on the help page. But I basically try and either automate with canned responses or I try to improve the product if there's something that, is, that keeps popping up and that is unclear, or I'll add help pages, tutorials to automate the support. The lack of phone sales will filter out enterprise customers a lot of the times and larger contracts because they want someone to talk to, but they're not a good fit in the beginning anyway. Usually there's a long sales cycle and it uses up a lot of your resources and, and then it a lot of times just doesn't pan out. Also, these larger organizations will usually send you a security questionnaire that their IT department gives them for providers. And these take up a lot of time. Uh, And it's resources that as a bootstrapper, you don't really have to invest. I've adopted an approach that Ben Orenstein mentioned once again on the Art of Product podcast recently. But I think it's common practice for bootstrappers. Essentially, I have a security page which combines the answers for most of these security questionnaires anyway. Uh, specifically the ones that I can actually comply with. And then when I get a questionnaire, I just simply point them to that page and ask them if there's anything unanswered just to send me those questions again and I'll add them to the document. There's one small exception here, which is the data processing agreement that I offer to my customers. After all, customers are sending me emails of their customers. So I am a data processor in the definition that most privacy laws around the world use. Originally, I expected that each and every customer will need one of these, so I automated the process via DocSketch, which is a signing workflow tool. But as it turns out, the demand for data processing agreements was not that high at all, and it probably would have been better to do this manually for now. The second topic is handling of features or new feature requests. Early on, I have a strong tendency to add features as they come in, as quickly as possible, whatever a client needs. Because you're searching for product market fit and that's a big indicator for the second product, I have sort of a rule of three. So if I have the same feature requests from three different people, uh, this can be anything from support desk, or I have it in the failed search terms of my help desk. So it shows me what people are searching for, but there's no corresponding help document, or even my roadmap voting that I have on the homepage, then I will consider adding this, but I may have to start measuring if people are using these features and then remove some of them, but that is something that I don't do yet, but might do in the future. I think from my point of view, the UI is a natural marker for when things get too complex. If you have a hard time putting new features in the UI, so as in there's no natural point to add them, then you really only have two options. Number one is say no. And maybe this is just something that you're not going to support. Or you have to redesign the navigation, or maybe even the whole app holistically, to support this new workflow. But it might frighten off other users or existing users. And last but not least, the third topic is admin backend. So in the beginning, I pretty much do everything via database queries. So I both get my statistics for business development, so account lists, acquisition statistics, and I handle all the support cases with SQL statements that I prepare. And I just have a folder full of common requests. And then over time, you'll notice which ones happen again and again, and then they can get added to an admin backend. The first Thing I add to an admin backend usually, though, is the login as a customer. This can help just identify what the customer is talking about when they send in a support request that is not clear. And then it's usually some statistics first and then the common help desk requests that I get. Yeah, so that's learnings from running products in two different stages of their life cycle. And I'm sure there'll be lots more in future uh, that I change. And I'll do a new episode on that when that happens. Talk to you tomorrow.